Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another week of Just the Sip. I'm your host, Justin Sylvester. Follow me on Instagram. I have a new Instagram handle at Justin A. Sylvester. I am growing up. I am an adult now. But I realized that no dude wanted to hook up with a guy named Lady Sitter. It was really impeding my quarantine progress on the dating front. Um, and that's actually a true story. <laughs> but speaking of growing up, today I have one of my favorite actors. And I would have to say, maybe one of my idols. I love this man because he was a scene stiller in every show he was on. He is a true comedic actor and he is a voice the world should always listen to. Please welcome Alfonso Ribeiro. Um, how are you today? Good, good. You know, just a little frazzled because I was like, uh, okay, I don't have um, any of these technologies to get into this <laughs> specific one. So um, have, I, had to, have, I had to go to a completely different computer. Um, my technical difficulties come from the reality that, like, I don't like that all the different technology. I'd rather just live in a analog world where we just simply just, I remember when we used to just pick up the phone and talk to each other. Do you remember the struggle to get to the S on your text <laughs> messages? Cause you had to hit the P four times because right. there were four <laughs> yeah. letters on that S. Yes, yes, I remember that. I'm old enough to remember before that. <laughs> I look, I already know that y'all got everything done in the 90s. Okay. Yes. You were yeah. literally the <laughs> you were on the hottest TV show. You were best friends with one of the funniest and funnest men in Hollywood. You guys must have ran Sunset Boulevard like no one's business. You know what? Listen, I'm not gonna talk about the sunset because Will, Will didn't go anywhere. Will Will was uh Will was a homebody. Um, ah. Yeah, he 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 never really wanted to go out much. He, he was weird that way. I, I I went out. I went out a little bit. Who was your running buddy? Um, two of my my running buddies were actually. Um, do you remember Grant Show from um, Merrill's Place? He's now on yes. Dynasty. Yes. Yeah, Grant was one of my uh, one of my best friends, and then another actor by the name of Sean Patrick Flannery. 
Uh, he was actually Powder and um, Boondock Saints, Suicide. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so he, he, those were my, it was the three of us. We were the three musketeers back in the day. And you never had to worry about things showing up on social media, about no, there camera was none phones. Of that. Oh. There, was, there, was, there was none of that. Not that we were doing anything that would, that would have shown yeah. up, you know, but yeah. you could just be, you know. The, the most you had to worry about was like literally, I remember like in the Roxbury days, like the paparazzi would be across the street with telephoto lens and they would like oh. shoot you inside of the club. Damn. It's just different. Now they now they're not across the street. They're actually in the club. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's so crazy. You know, whenever you think about TV shows nowadays, I feel like people have it easier. Because when you guys were doing multicam live audience, you know, moments and and comedy. You guys, as a family and a cast, were bringing all of it in front of people. You you had to be on and pop it. Well, you had to. You definitely had to be on. And like the thing that I would say about, especially like Fresh Prince, was the fact that we actually um, would shoot an entire show in under two hours. And I remember like when Friends and Seinfeld was on, and and we would hear like, oh yeah, they were up to they were they were shooting till four in the morning, and we were like what are they doing um, <laughs> four in the morning? Like, I don't understand. Here's a script. You say the words, you make it funny, you get the laughs, you keep on moving. Like, be ready for a performance. So I used to always laugh at, at the fact that, like, you know, those shows would would get all of this, you know, oh, it's, the, it's these shows. And I would be like, yeah, but they work till 4 o'clock in the morning. How many takes did it take them to get it right? Yeah. You know? I mean, I guess they got it right, so it didn't matter. But, you know, like, we got it right on take one. I feel like every day after school, it was the same routine. Come home, make a bowl of cereal, and get right in front of that TV because Fresh Prince was, like, rerunning <laughs> these whole times. You have kids now. Have yes. they figured out that, like, how much of a cultural impact you have had on America? Um, I would say maybe my 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 oldest one, my daughter, uh, Sienna, might might have that, you know, perspective a little bit. Obviously, you know, she's 18 now. So um, I would say maybe she has a little bit. The little ones obviously have no clue. Um, you know, look, it, it's it's hard to recognize what's different than life. Right. Like they yeah. have grown up and I have my entire life that and their entire lives. I've been in on TV working. Right. So. Yes. And so same for my daughter, but there were periods where I wasn't necessarily doing as much. And so she could reflect a little bit. But for the little ones, it's like daddy's just on TV. Right. So that's what he does. You know, it's just they don't know anything different. They don't know like, oh, wow, there's a time that he wasn't on TV. There's a time that he was on TV before. And and people view him this way. And it's very confusing to them. And I try to keep them completely confused because I don't want them to understand it uh, at ever. <laughs> ever like yeah. I don't want them to really <laughs> really get it yeah um but uh you know we 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 have fun with it and we laugh about it but like it's it's weird because like I do the voice for the PGA Tour champions and I do their commercials and I watch a lot of golf obviously you know we'll be in the car and it was very funny the other day I was taking my my son AJ to baseball practice and I had the golf you know the the PGA golf channel on on my uh, on the radio and my commercial came on and it was like, oh, there you are, daddy. And it was just ah. so nonchalant. And it's just, you know, oh, that's your voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
there's my college tuition right here. Yeah, just, just, you know, oh no, I don't, I actually, I actually don't do it for money at all. I do all the PGA stuff I do. I do for charity. Nice. Um, so it's all, you know, I'm a global ambassador for them, all the rest, but all of that is done for charity. Um, they're the number one charitable organization in the world. And so, wow. uh, for me to be able to be part of that and, and to support, uh, wonderful charities in the process to me is a, is a bonus, but you're getting them free tickets. I if know I you ain't got to about to say you ain't got to call nobody to go to Pebble Beach. You just if, walking up. If I if I want to go some places, I got some phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was raised by a single mother, and a lot of what I learned about being a dad was through Uncle Phil. Right, um, right. It was a mix between Uncle Phil, the dad from Good Times, right. and like Tim Allen. Tim Allen kind of was like the tough love. White right. dad who like kind of teaches kids lessons like yes this was a I grew up in an interesting mix where TV dads kind of sort of raised kids. Do you find yourself doing things like the late James Avery? Uh, I wouldn't say I I, I do that because um, you know I was fortunate enough to have an incredible dad who was in my life, uh, still in my life, and and there for me. I mean, if I if I'm going to someone for advice, I'm going to my dad, right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of being a dad, um, and 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 we, I would ask questions, and I, I was I was also really a good kid. I, I, I say this to to my sons all the time, and we talk about listening. You know, we as boys, men, we, you know, we have this thing that we got to prove that we're right and we got to prove that we could do it our way. And there are many times when I'm like, okay, you can prove that you're right, but you'll still be wrong because no matter how much you think you're right, you don't have perspective. You don't have the ability to look at all of the different factors and figure out what's the best way of doing it. You can listen to me. I've succeeded. Yes. I'm not saying you have to follow my path, but there are aspects to success that are always the same. So I'm going to give you those nuggets. I'm not going to tell you to do it my way, but I'm going to tell you that this is what successful people do. You choose however you want to do it. We had a situation, you know, with with uh, with we were practicing baseball just yesterday and, you know, he wanted to throw it a different way. And he would and, you know, meltdown. Like you saw on TV. Happen, yeah. You know, and I, and I was like, dude, let me tell you something. You're playing baseball for you. It ain't for me. Yeah. I got plenty of stuff to do. I can I can I can feel I'm going to go time. right back in this house. I could fill this time with some other things. This is about you. You got to decide whether you want to do it. And so like, but those were things that I learned from my dad. You know, it was like many times, you know, where I might have a meltdown going to set. My dad would be like, you want to stop? Because we can stop this. I mean, we, you know, you don't, you don't have to act another day in your life if you don't want to. We can stop right now. But if we going to do it, we're going to do it right. We're not going to play this. Let's be emotional and let's do no, 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 nope, 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 nope. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Where the hell were you between the years of 86 and 93 when I didn't wrap my head around, you don't have to be right all the time? Yeah, I was on TV. <laughs> <laughs> you were booked in business. I was, okay. I, was on TV. I was on TV. You could have called the TV and be like, hey, TV, 
Um, I need this. You're not, you're not, you're not helping me. You're not helping me. <laughs> I'm like hitting the side of the TV. <laughs> like, come on. Come, come on, come on, come on TV. <laughs> I always tell people it's so crazy because I feel like I got the job that I, I wanted. I'm living the life that I always envisioned, but I That's feel awesome. like the universe gave it to me at the perfect time. It didn't Absolutely. give it to me in my 20s when I couldn't handle it. It couldn't, it didn't give it to me, you know, even in my teens when I was just, I would have blown everything. I would have ruined all of it. But you started, I mean, I feel like Silver Spoons was your big break. Am I wrong? Um, no, I would say it was a little bit before that. Um, mm -hmm. But that was like my TV big break in terms of sitcom. But I had a Broadway show called The Tap Dance Kid before that. Um, and I was on the Michael Jackson Pepsi commercial, and that was kind of what gave me mm. the huge success that brought me to Silver Spoons and beyond. But yeah, I've been, you know, look, I've been working from day one. I started my, my first acting gig was at eight uh, professionally, yeah. and it was actually my yeah. first audition. So I've been literally working since day one of being in this business, and I'm that fortunate. But I would agree with your assessment that, you know, the universe gave it to you at the right time. Yes. You to handle it. And that's what's been in my career. There were periods where I didn't work and maybe because I wasn't ready for what that next you know, level needed to be. Like I remember with Dancing with the Stars, my, my team and I, we wanted to be on from the very beginning. I was calling Dina Katz and, and ABC and I kept wanting to get yeah, on. You gotta let me on. And they wouldn't let me on. They wouldn't let me on. And I, and I look back at it and I go, and my manager and I, we talk about this all the time. And we talk about it like how like, no, it was exactly the right time that you got on. Because, yeah. like, you were able to parlay that into other things that may not have ever been available to you if you would have got it then. It, I, I, I believe that. So, you know, you, you listen, you, I, I, one of the things my dad, who was my manager when I was very young, um, we used to talk about all the time, and that is, you know, things will happen at the right time. You know, we work hard to have as many eggs in the basket that are possible and they will hatch when it's time. And when it's time, you just need to be ready to take advantage of when that thing hatches. It's not about the right now, it's about the entire journey. Um, this is not, I didn't do this to get famous. I didn't do this to get rich. I did this because of the love of doing it. And I, wow. and I recognize that this is really the only thing that I'm, that I feel like I'm good enough to do to be one of the top elite in doing something. So this is about the whole destination, right? This is the whole journey. I gotta, but, I gotta be ninety and still available. Not understanding work. it, yeah, yeah. You have to be ninety to finally close out what that journey right. actually was. But right, you know, for me, even you know, I don't know, I don't know if I can be an actor. The instability, the not knowing, the jitters that you get waiting for those phone calls time and time again. And look, you got a healthy ass IMDb. That's a healthy IMDb. <laughs> and like you said, there were times where you weren't working and, you know, you had to wait for the right thing to come about. But how do you deal with that mentally? For me personally, there has to be things in your life that are important to you other than just that. Right. So mm -hmm. I fell in love with race car driving. I fell in love with golf. Right. I fell in love with my family. I view downtimes as an opportunity to do the other things in my life that I love. So when I'm not working, I'm on a golf course. Right. I yeah. used to be in a race car. Right. I'm spending time with my kids. I'm spending time with the family because I believe that my talent 
will eventually be seen by enough people that will allow someone to think of me for something. Yes. And because I'm not waiting on one thing, I've got a lot of balls in the game, right? Yeah. So it's directing, it's acting, it's hosting, it's performing, it's singing, it's dancing, it's, you know, it's writing, it's producing, it's- You're like, which, if, I, if it pays, we doing it. Which, which one's gonna come up, right? And, you know, I've known many actors that like literally all they do is act and they don't even try to do anything else. And you go, okay, so in acting, it's very strange, especially in television. You've got two months a year to book a job, pilot Ooh. season, that's it. And if those two months aren't the best two months and you don't get the right one gig, because by the way, you can get a pilot and not get picked up. That's true. Now, now you're locked in and you can't do another pilot because they still have you on contract. So a whole year goes around before you get the opportunity to go get another main gig again. Yeah, I'm like, I'm good wow. with that. Good with that. I don't need that. <laughs> I, I, no, now, now, I'm still good with it, but I'm like, but that doesn't mean I can't host. That doesn't mean I can't go out and perform. That doesn't mean right. I can't go out and try to sell a show. That doesn't mean that the, the other 10 months out of the year, I'm stuck because I got many balls in the game. Yes, yeah. I never wanted. I never wanted one ball in the game, and that came from my dad. My dad was like, right early on, he's like, "We got to have as many balls in the game as possible, and we're going to work on all of it. We're going to be really good at every one of these things, and 100%. you never know what's going to come calling." Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, let's be real, for Black actors in the 90s, 2000s, and even now, we're starting to see more roles, but back then the roles were limited. Well, and I, I would dare say percentage-wise, we're not seeing more, we're seeing less. There just happens to be more channels and more availability for everybody. But if yes. you, but if, like, think about it. Okay, let's go into the 80s and 90s. You had African-American shows, on network television. Yes. What's the African American show on television right now? Blackish. And and, and I, by the way, and I count all of the blackish, the ishes. Grownish. Yeah, yeah. Blackish the the off of the blackish, right? And then yeah, what's yeah, the other yeah. one? The Browns, Beat the Browns? That's not network television. Network television. Oh, that's BT. Um and it ain't even full black and it's the neighborhood with Cedric. Right? Oh, it ain't so, even full black. So, so at the end of the day, when we talk about network television, there really isn't a, anything out there for us. So it is what it is, right? And but there are a yeah. lot of other places. But you know, no disrespect to TV One or BET, but they're not paying the same as network television. Yeah, so, right. So at the end of the day, you could have a show on a lot of different networks, but you're getting, let's just call it cable numbers versus yeah. network numbers and so it, it it is not i don't look at today and think oh man it's like so much better i look at today and i go no it's worse but there's areas for people right yeah 
a black man's hosting America's Funniest Home Videos. That wasn't possible 30 years ago. So, right. so there are things that are available and we're trying to you know, take advantage of all of that. And that's wonderful. And it's definitely, we are moving, but we're moving in both directions. And that's all, you know, I'll leave it at that, but we're moving yeah. in both directions. I always say you and Wayne, you and Rain Brady ran so I can walk. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, I, was, between... I was watching his show last night and I'm so happy for Wayne. Like he's, he's Damn. doing his thing and he's continued to, to stay there, you know, but Wayne is the, is Wayne and I are the same in that like multi lanes, multi lanes, you know, like, key. here's, here's a possibility. Wayne Brady could do it. Here's a possibility. Alfonso Romero can do it. And just always being capable of doing all the different things that are available because you just simply never know what's going to become available to you. So basically, I have to take you or Wayne Brady out to get these jobs. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, listen, once we're here's the thing. Once we're working, there are other opportunities. You become are you the crazy? Third. I've you seen become the third. No, no, no. I've seen Wayne Brady on three channels in one day. I've seen you on two channels in one day. They're going to be like, find an hour. Alfonso got 24, 20 more hours in the day. He can work it out. He can. He can. And he, and he will try <laughs> in the third person. <laughs> in the third person, he will try. <laughs> he will definitely try. This is just crazy. Look, I always thought and I prayed that one day I would turn on the TV and it would be Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the reboot. But this time, Will sends his daughter to live with you in Bel-Air. <laughs> and it's the whole story come full circle again. Are you down with this reboot? I, I like to call it a reimagining, right? We, mm -hmm. we sometimes throw a lot of things into one, one word, right? One concept. A reboot would be kind of taking the actual show and the characters and, and bringing, it, bringing back. it back, right? So this is a totally different show, just based on, and it's not even based on the show, it's based on the theme song, right? Ah, yes. So it's a completely different thing. It's drama, it's not comedy. Um, I have nothing to do with it, so I don't really know anything more than yeah. the details that everybody else has that we've all seen. But, you know, uh, I, I actually appreciate it even more than a reboot. Right. Because, yeah, like, let's let's take a, let's take a concept and turn it into a different show. Yeah. Let's, I'm like this. Hey, roll the dice. Go ahead and try it. Let's see what happens. Go ahead and try it. I couldn't help but notice how. Even after all these years of you guys being apart as a cast, when you got together in that set, in that house, it was like you guys left each other yesterday. Like the love between all of you were, was still there and you can feel it. And it was, it was crazy. But was there anything from that HBO Max reunion that you heard that you didn't realize was going on the whole time? Or did you know um, that everyone thought you were the one? on the show? Well, I, I would say this, like we get together a lot in the TV world. Nothing exists that isn't on TV. Yes. If I call up Tatiana and Tatiana comes over the house, did she actually come over to the house if it wasn't on TV? Yes, she came over to the house, <laughs> right? Like, if I hung out with Will, did we hang out if we didn't post about it? Yes, that, that's hung the thing. Out. Right. Yes. Like, so, so we're hanging out all the time. This just happened to be with a with a crew 
there. So the love that we've had for each other throughout, it's a continuation of the love. And all that people saw on that show was the continuation of that love 30 years later. You know, there were there were certain things, obviously, that that um, that that were, you know, information. But but most of it all were, you know, was was stuff we all knew and stuff that it was nice to see. I, I, I really believe that Westbrook and his team, Will's team, they did a fantastic job putting it together. I thought it was beautifully done. It's amazing. And I think, and I thought that uh, that the that the that the audience learned a little something about how impactful we were back in the day. One hundred and twenty percent. But I think it also opened you guys up to, you know, the new generation. We always talked about Fresh Prince. We always talked about the Carlton dance. We always talked about, you know, all of it. You know, they've seen it in clips. But I feel like this younger generation is about to start streaming this all over again and reliving all that love and all those moments and, you know, even things that, you know, they can't, I can't believe we touched on back in the nineties with the police Absolutely. and all of it, like single, you know, Debbie dads and just everything. I, I don't know. I feel like the younger generation needs that show. They need. I, I, I the say Fresh this Prince. all the, I say this all the time. There were a lot of things we did on that show that we couldn't do today. Right. Yes. Like just something as simple as will having a chictionary. Yes. Couldn't do that today. Nope. Couldn't do that today. That That is something that would not be okay, right? So there are some lessons that this generation should see to recognize, and I'm totally down with all of the movements, but sometimes movements go too far, right? Sometimes yes. they don't go far enough. Having perspective is what allows you to make that judgment. You yes. can't live in only today's world and be able to understand everybody's perspective of that. 100%. Right? Like you, ha you have to see it in its totality. You can't look at a, you know, 75-year-old racist guy and go, oh, we need to take his whole life away because he's racist, you know, then. Yeah, yeah. And he might have actually grown and recognized or might not have grown and recognized, but his experience, where he came from, the understanding of what he knew is not easily changed. We can't tear down everybody that doesn't think the way they should think today because they didn't think it then. Understand them recognize them, deal with them, and educate them with love. We don't need to educate them with anger, with hostility, with destruction. Who wants to learn under that? You, you Love them for wanting to learn. You're speaking it. You're speaking it. I get in trouble for it all the time. I, you know, get in fights with other people because they... You know, and I get it. Some people are tired of educating people. I totally understand that. And that's, and that, not, that's, your and and that's, that's not, not my job. And that's not my job. No, no, that's not for you. It's cool. It's not. You know, it's totally cool. It's totally okay. cool. If I choose to sit by someone who I care about or who are somebody who I deem that actually wants to learn and actually wants insight and wants to have a conversation, I have the time and I'm cool with doing that. Absolutely. But Sometimes when you're not ready to turn on the torch, you know, I'm a black gay man from South Louisiana. I have to be patient on a lot of fronts. Absolutely. Okay. In a lot of communities. So yes. 
for me, patience was not a virtue. It was a way of life. Right. And it's a way of survival. It's a way of survival. And, you know, I always say the same thing. You know, I cut my Twitter off about a year ago because everybody was digging into people's Twitters and, you know, going back 10 years and saying, oh, you tweeted this about X, Y, and Z, you know, you're done, you're canceled. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to delete mine right now because I don't know what I said 10 years ago that might be offensive to somebody in 2026. I mean, I don't, I have no clue whether I have or haven't or what I believe I've always been. I've always been who I am. I'm no different today than I was 25 years ago. I'm inclusive. I love everyone and I respect everyone for their values, even if I don't agree with them. There are racist people in this country. Yes. They are misogynist. They are yes. homophobic, right? My goal in life is to educate. Do you know that everybody's human and we all have love in our heart? So why can't we love each other for being different? There are a lot of different people in this world. Love them for being different. Listen, I don't want to live in a world where we're all the same. I don't either. And I'm going to double down because at this point, I don't even need you to love me, but I need you to respect me. And I need you to talk to me and address me as you would your other neighbor who looks, acts, and speaks like you. And that's how I live my life. And it's funny because I don't even need them to do that. I'll walk away from you. The only time that you affect me is if you are trying to physically harm me, physically prevent me from living my life, or you are taking a job away from me based on that. Outside of that, whatever. We're good. Do do your thing. Do your thing. Don't come for that check. And hopefully one day, and hopefully one day, two things will happen. You will learn or you will die off like everybody does. So we're all going to we're all going to pass at some point. The, at the end of the day, if we continue to teach our youth, then that's the world that the world is going to become. I don't need to teach my elder. They're Same. going to be gone one day and that negativity will disappear with them as long as the next generation has been taught a different way of life. We continue yes. to evolve. It's called evolution. It's very simple. But we also have to, we can't cancel people left and right because if we're not having these conversations, younger generations aren't learning about the struggle and about these opposing points. Absolutely. So for, for me, on reality TV, there was this TV show where during the pandemic and during Black Lives Matters, all these kids were getting fired from this TV show, this reality TV show, and they wouldn't air it. And I'm like, why are you firing them? Don't cancel these people off of a TV show because they said racist things. Show America what happens to you when you use language like that, even if you didn't mean it. But let me, I want to see her lose her wine job. I want to see her lose, you know, her book deal. I want people in that generation to see what happens and give those people a chance to rectify and learn and come and come full circle in their own journey in front of the cameras. The the problem that we have with that is it's hard for everyday Americans to approve of the idea that even while being in their eyes a bad person, they continue to get rich. And so, and that's the problem with being able to show them is that we're still writing them the checks. So did they really suffer from what they did? Probably not. But that's, but that's the other side is that 
you know, look, it, the real world views everybody on TV as the 1%. And that is certainly not <laughs> that true. That ain't true. That and ain't true. true. Um, there are different paychecks for different people. Um, but that's the problem is like, is I don't mind them taking them off, but I'm okay with them showing the recovery. That's a good one. Everybody wants to tell their story. I just feel like if we can watch the demise of people on intervention and we can watch the demise of people on, you know, all of these celebrity rehabs, let's watch the demise of these people and the recovery of these people on network television as well. But that's again, the rubber band got pulled way too tight. And at some point it's going to pop back into place. It's going to be a little looser than what it was. Absolutely. But but it's going to be. We've seen this story. It's just been different stories. Um, we've seen this show. It's just been different shows. Yes. But the show will come back and we will go back to some, some, some semblance of a reality where there are bad people in the world, there are good people in the world, and there are good people who have done bad things who just need to be shown a good way of doing it again. And that's okay. We, we all make mistakes. People make mistakes. We're, all, we're certainly not all perfect and no one has lived a perfect life. And so we have to allow people to make those mistakes and and recover from them. Their their livelihoods should not be taken away because of ignorance. It should be taken away because of malice. There's a huge difference between the two. There's a lot of people in this world that are not very smart. And and that doesn't mean that they are not good at what they've done. And it doesn't mean that they should have their lives taken away. I love this conversation. I'm yeah, like, this, I am this living. Went a different direction. This went in a different yeah. direction. <laughs> By the way, every like literally every every week, I'm like, wait, well, whoa, whoa, this this took a turn, and I'm loving it, yes, and I'm living for it. I'm like, wait a minute, we, aren't we supposed to be talking about TGI Fridays? That was my next question. That was my next question. By the way, I passed by one the other day. Y'all, the ribs at TGI Fridays. I'm not going to get into it, but yes, you guys are partnering on something right now. Yes, it's uh it is absolutely pretty cool. You know, look, we've all we've all been, you know, kind of tied down over the last year and it's been incredibly difficult for for all of us to to deal with all of this, right? Um but TGI Fridays has decided, you know what? Let's have some fun. We're starting to open back up again and so they came up with, you know, uh under the big top campaign and I'm the ringmaster. So I'm trying to bring everybody in. You remember back in the day when like, you know, the circus would come to town and Barnum and Bailey's they would, yes. they would set up the big tent and everybody be like, Ooh, I can't wait to go. And you were a kid, you're running around. Well, that's what we've done. We've got the big top. We've got the tent outside of the Fridays where we're doing everything over the top. All the meals are over the top. You know, the drinks are over the top. I mean, we've got, you know, honey glazed, whiskey glazed burgers and donuts, you know, and burgers and and the mozzarella sticks. And, you know, listen, TGI Fridays, the mozzarella sticks, they created it, right? So we took it to another level. We got the mozzarella sticks and a grilled cheese sandwich and the cheesies, the cheesiest, and you could spread it apart. It goes forever. It's fantastic. Yeah. So it is literally, um, you know, taking some fun and having some fun. And, you know, you you will go to the TGI Fridays and they're at participating. Um, you'll see the big tent at participating locations around it. the country. Um, but all the food items and the menu, uh, they're at all of the different um, TGI Fridays. Uh, and it's just a great way to, to go and be safe. You know, you're outside, so you're not having to go inside. And if you're uncomfortable going inside, uh, you can always take your food to go, you know, grab and go and 
and, yeah. and enjoy it at home. But it's always been about, you know, I've always been about bringing people together, right? Like as in this whole conversation, That's right? Yeah. Inclusion, inclusion, inclusion. Well, in, include having a good time with your family in a very safe manner. And uh, TGI Fridays under the Big Top campaign is one that is that is destined to be successful in bringing people together in a fun, happy way. And and the the, the food items are literally over the top, right? I you passed know, by when, one the other night, and that was cracking. When you have a cotton candy Cosmo, uh, is now you just it's just a cosmopolitan done different. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on this show it was such a pleasure and i feel like i need to check in with you once a year because i feel like your life is always changing there's right always on. a new project working on and i feel like you're having this second coming right now so i'm you're on my radar put me I'm, on your radar you're, you're on my we're radar. gonna talk we're gonna talk once a year Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Have a good one. Have a good one. You too. Be safe. And, uh, you know, we're going to change the world one day at a time. You guys, thanks for listening. And do not forget to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And you can follow me at The Lady Sitter and be sure to come back every week for another pour of your favorite celebrity. Mm.